The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I want to talk about this. It's been about, uh, it is about a month, I should say, before the one-year anniversary of the Humboldt bus crash. Sports Illustrated, you may have heard, is honoring one of the inspirational stories that came from the tragedy. The Magic, or the magazine's latest cover features Logan Boulay's jersey draped over a hockey net in an empty arena with a stick by its side. Along with the cover, a documentary was released on YouTube, which delves into the story of Boulay and how his decision to become an organ donor inspired thousands of Canadians to do the very same thing, including, I might add, Uh, my children. I'm joined now by the director of that documentary uh, called The Logan Effect, uh, Mary Agnant. Mary, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So can I ask, uh, first of all, just to set this up a little bit, uh, what inspired you to to do this documentary in this specific angle? So uh, my colleague, Greg Bishop, who wrote the cover story for the magazine, was in Humboldt two days after the crash. Um, He spoke to various families and, and parents, um, and, and we knew that, you know, coming up on the one-year anniversary, we wanted to do a follow-up. Uh, so in, in doing some research this last summer, I came across the story of Logan Boulay, and I was really struck um, by this particular story. Obviously, whenever there's a tragedy, we look for, you know, some kind of positive or some sort of light side to the dark, you know, dark tragedy, and I just thought that this, you know, hit every sort of button that we could have imagined. Um, obviously, there's the fact that thousands of people signed up, like you said, to become organ donors, inspired by him, um, but, but also just for his family to, to get this sort of catharsis of knowing that even though their son passed away, some small amount of, you know, some good came out of it. Yeah, and that's an interesting topic. Um, and we'll get back, of course, to the uh, to your experience with this documentary. But that's an interesting topic because my partner and I have talked about that effect um, on this show many times. Because oftentimes, if you look at a major fundraiser or or something along those lines, it's as a result of a major loss. And but it's hard to sort of put that positive spin on it, where you say, "Well, yeah, I lost my mom to cancer, but I raised a million dollars in the name of cancer." That sort of thing. But it does help to know that something positive comes up out of something so negative. Yeah, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, this is a sad story, regardless of what happens. This family lost their son, their brother, their nephew. They lost Logan. But, you know, they're seeing it as, well, six other people who might have died were able to live on because of him. And, you know, and that doesn't include the, like you just said, the generations of people that will sign up to become organ donors inspired by this. And in addition to the people that are directly impacted, you know, maybe the person who received his heart will have a, go on to have children. We just don't know. So, you know, let's talk about uh, the story itself and then the documentary. So Logan, one of 16 players who was killed in uh, that bus crash, he had signed up prior, obviously, he had signed up on what, his 21st birthday? Yeah, so about, um, I want to say like a year before the crash, uh, this is the summer prior to the crash, uh, Logan's trainer, his, the, the man who trained him during the summer, who was actually a rugby coach uh, in Lethbridge, had passed away very unexpectedly of a cerebral hemorrhage and uh, had himself um, sort of only three weeks before he passed away decided that he was going to be an organ donor and, and his wife saw that through. Uh, and so Logan was inspired by his, his coach and told his dad, I want to be an organ donor, like just like Rick. Um, so here we are, you know, 
eight months later, and this tragic accident happens. Um, and strangely enough, he had only signed his donor card on his 21st birthday, which was March 2nd, or, you know, a couple of days before his birthday. So just this sort of, like, strange, uh, I don't want to call them coincidences, but, you know, whatever you want to think of them as, that sort of led to, to this happening. So did you, um, tell me about putting the documentary together. We've talked about what inspired you to do it, and it's a really great story. And as you say, putting the most positive possible uh, light on a tragic uh, incident, uh, you would have had to have talked to a lot of people, not the least of which were Logan's parents. So did you... Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah was there resistance to that, or how was that? Well, I reached out to Toby uh, and Bernadine, Logan's parents, first. They were the first people I reached out to. They and, were down in Lethbridge, you know, right? Yeah, so they live in, in Lethbridge, about two hours south of Calgary. Um, I told them who I am. You know, I've done, um, last year, done another project with a family who had lost their son. I sort of explained that to them. Um, I also had worked with Greg Bishop on that. So I told them what our approach was going to be. We want to do an article and a video um, to go along with it. It's going to, you know, be that will have more reach. Um, and then once they were on board, it was really them who was like, well, here's who you need to talk to. And they sent us the list of all the people. Um, and, you know, with their blessing, it was not hard to get everybody else to agree. Everybody was more than willing. They were eager to talk to us about Logan. Uh, so at the end of September, um, Greg and I flew out to Lethbridge. Um, we spent two days with the Boulay family, um, a third day with their sort of friends and, and other family. And then we drove from Lethbridge to Saskatoon. Of course, this is a drive that the Boulay family would have made many times on their way to Humboldt. Um, once we were in Saskatoon, we interviewed the doctor at the Royal University Hospital who treated Logan and many of the other Bronco players who were brought there after the crash. Uh, she was incredible. Just um, Dr. Joanne Kotchuk was just a wonderful woman and, and had so much respect for the Boulays. Uh, and then from there, we drove up to Humboldt and interviewed the Paulson family, who was Logan's billet family for all three years that he lived in uh, in Humboldt. So they were more than just his billet family. Like, these were his second parents. These were his brothers. The two billet brothers were really his brothers. Uh, and then we also, of course, visited the crash site. Yeah, and you know, I, I want to stop you there and ask about that, because of course, eventually, your documentary would have to take you to the crash site and would have to take you to Humboldt. And I just want to tell you, Mary, that I watched it. It's a very impactful documentary. I stopped it a couple of times to sort of gather myself, to be honest with you. But mm -hmm. what I found most impactful about it was the fact that that crash site um, is something that we all saw images of. It, it was in the paper, it was online, it was everywhere. So we had a great uh, idea of what, we had an exact idea of what that crash site looked like. But what I found impactful, maybe not all of us knows what Humboldt looks like, or maybe not all of us knows what the rink looks like, or it, it just, or, or what the Billet family looks like, or you know what I mean? Like, as I looked at yeah. this, I just went, oh, my God, okay, so this is what we've been talking about for a year. Yeah, so that was part of my goal was um, I really wanted to sort of humanize these places um, and make them relatable to people. You know, junior hockey is a big part of Canada. In the U.S. where I live, we don't really understand it as much. You know, football is, and baseball are probably, and basketball are the big sports here, but hockey is not quite as high up there and i really wanted people to understand what these small towns uh what the hockey teams mean to these small towns and 
frankly, Humboldt is a city, but to me, you know, 6,000 people barely constitutes a city when I live in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just really wanted to show, we use the drone shots, so you could really see how this city kind of it plops down in the middle of Saskatchewan. It's just surrounded by prairie. Um, the same with the crash site. It really is almost like the middle of nowhere. You just sort of happen upon it. And the chances of the bus and the truck meeting at that exact spot are just, I don't know what the chances are, but it's just so strange, I guess. You, you know um, what, yeah, and the Paulson family, these the Billet family, you know, these are the kinds of people that are hosting players, and, and they don't do it for the money. They barely, they don't make anything off of it. If anything, they're in the red from supporting yeah. these players when you add up, like, the heat and the water. But they do it because they have two boys who play hockey, and someday they hope that someone will host their sons if they play junior hockey. And, you know, that's what I wanted to ask you, Mary, as a, a film director or a documentary director, what stood out to you the most in putting this documentary together and perhaps you've just answered my question but for example um i think if i'm not mistaken and i'm sure you heard this story that when the crash happened uh, a large number of the residents of humboldt went to the rink because they didn't know where else to go and that doesn't come as a surprise to me as a canadian but perhaps it came as a surprise to you yeah when i did when i learned about that it did come as a surprise to me you know like you just said, the rink isn't just an arena. It's a gathering place for people. And in the documentary, Toby, Logan's father, sort of drove that home for me. Like, this is where people go to laugh and to cry, uh, to cheer, uh, to yell at the ref, to have a beer. You know, this is where people, this is the place to be on a Friday night. Um, it seats, you know, 1,900 people, I think, and the town, the city only has 6,000. So this is really a gathering place. And like you said, it's where people flock after the accident. It's where they are going now to heal, and, and uh, I'm sure you're aware that the Broncos just made it back to the playoffs. Yes, they did. Year. They start so tonight, yep. They'll, yeah, there'll be, you know, a lot more, hopefully, cheering going on there the next month or so. You know, um, I, would, so, I would add to your list, Mary, that many people's first date is at the rink in these small towns. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's a great point. It, it is. So do you, now, having spent time putting this together and having spent time talking to individuals in Humboldt, do you, do you think this is a town that will ever forget this event? Uh, I don't think so. I think this will be, you know, if you look at just every Billet family that hosted somebody that was on that bus, um, you know, their kids have been impacted and they'll be telling their kids about this mm -hmm. incident. So I think it'll be, you know, generation. I don't think anyone's ever going to forget. It'll be generations before the story even fades. Um, I just think it's a, such a tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody, everybody, you know, the hockey team is so involved in everything in the community. They shovel snow, they, mm -hmm. you know, help with minor hockey. These boys are not just, you know, players. They're really part of the community. I, I think it's going to be a long time before, um, anything is ever forgotten if, if at all is there an aspect of this documentary that will all that you'll never forget i mean the people that i talked to are some of the kindest and and strongest people i've ever met um uh, and and <laughs> one thing I, this is just so silly but every everyone's house we went into they were barefoot which i couldn't believe because it was it was end of september it was already so cold i was like how can everybody be barefoot here it's so cold uh, but that's just me not being canadian i think yeah we line uh, up at dairy but, queen in november so yeah exactly yeah. so uh there's you know just the strength of, of logan's family and friends um the kindness um the realization that as rick had an effect on logan obviously it's called the logan effect not just because of the effect logan had on other people but the effect that rick had on him the effect that Logan had on his billet brother McLaren, 
Um, and as Jen Suggett, Rick's wife, says, there's just ripples in a pond, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you in your everyday life have the opportunity to have impacts on people, whether or not you realize how grand of an impact it is, it's there. Uh, so just keep that in consideration as you go about your day, um, that you may be touching someone in a way you didn't realize. Uh, the other big takeaway that I got from this is there's a real dire situation in not just Canada but across the world for organ donation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers are really abysmal. Uh, there's so many people that need organs, and there are so many people that are viable donors that either don't know if they're organ donors, they haven't signed their card for some reason, or they just haven't told their family members that, that these are their wishes. And so those things are all very important is to not just sign your card or, or put it on your driver's license, but to talk with your family so that they know. Um, I, I will also add, um, excuse me for rambling, but no, that's all right. that Logan's wallet was lost during the crash. So he didn't actually have his wallet at the hospital. Uh, his wallet wasn't at the hospital, but his family knew what he wanted. Hmm. And so they're the ones that began the conversation with the doctors. They're the ones that said, can we donate his organs? Wow. Uh, this is uh, Mary Egnot, the director of... Uh, the Logan Effect. It was released on um, YouTube. So is that how is that how people see it? Just uh, go on YouTube. Yeah. So uh, in the U.S., we have SI.TV, which is our OTT network. Um, but in Canada, we, we which is not available in Canada, unfortunately. So we wanted to make sure that it is available across Canada to everybody. Um, so we put it on YouTube. It's also available, I believe, via Facebook. But YouTube is is certainly an excellent way to watch. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody can, can check it out and, and take away the message of what a mature and amazing young person Logan was. Yeah, I really recommend it. It's really well done, Mary. I, I, I want to say I thoroughly enjoyed it, but that doesn't seem like the right word given the subject. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I mean, it was riveting, and uh, I'm going to watch it again. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about it today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.